All right, Mike. Uh, this is the first podcast we've done in person where yeah. I get to look into your beautiful eyes. It's a little bit creepy. And I have a good feeling about this one. Don't touch my leg. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so I actually I have a surprise for you. Okay. Um, I have two surprises. One is in visual form and one is in audio form. Okay. I would like you to, to look at the text I sent you. All right. And uh, tell me what you see on the screen. You mean describe what I see? Yes. Tell All me right. what you see. Tell me your thoughts. Okay. Well. <laughs> What's going on in the picture? Um, well, it's, it's an eagle. What kind of eagle? A bald eagle. Oh, perfect. Um, and he is shooting red and blue lasers. Yes. Red, white, and blue lasers. Yes. Red, white, and blue lasers. Uh, out of his eyes at two fine looking men. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them has a beard. Yeah, that would be me. That's you. Okay. Yeah. And one of them has a, uh, nothing. That would that'd be you. No mustache. No mustache. I'm very happy about it. What do you think? That's our new cover art. I love it. It's amazing, right? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's perfect. It screams America. It, I mean, it screams just like freedom. Your, just like your backpack. That, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have... <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, I need to sh- have you listen to one thing. I'm going to pull it up here. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's future feature. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Peter is a good man. Once the body goes, the mind follows. Right, Mike? Mike, you have a face made for radio. I'd challenge you to a battle of wits, but I see you're unarmed. All eagles with lasers... That's not my America. All right. That is amazing. So Peter had too much time on Fiverr this week. So I spent a little bit too much time on Fiverr. uh, And I basically, I recorded, oh, I had somebody record uh, in kind of a funky British accent as well as an old man accent. And then I spent a period of an hour online looking for random insults that would fit a British man (laughs) or an old man. Uh, and this took me far too much time. Um, and now I wonder where my time went and it definitely went to this shitty project. (laughs) But, uh, for those who don't know, Fiverr is basically a website that has like freelance gigs for starting at $5. This is not an ad, although it may sound like one. Uh, but it's, it's just like kind of a, a blast. They, they just announced this week that they have Fiverr pro and they're basically trying to make their website less of a gag gifts and more a place where professionals can actually do work. Oh, I haven't seen this. I didn't. Yeah. So they're basically trying to promote the site in a more positive way than like a carnival, like make old people record their voice and draw stupid animations kind of way. So they're looking for probably like people do more logos or more like actual professional voiceovers, like for kids books or whatever else you could possibly have. So is it, is it more expensive? I, I'm assuming it will be, or, or I think it might, as far as I've read it, it's like a featured area, but, okay. uh, Fiverr's interesting. I, I think it's great for, uh, for those, like if you want your character drawn, but you're not at a, at a fair, you know, then you go on Fiverr and pay someone five bucks to send it to you digitally. It's kind of cool. Is this the first time you've ever used Fiverr? Yeah, it's my first time. I uh, I spent too much time on there for sure. It's 
an amazing black hole of it really wonder. Is. I've 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 had way too many things made off fiber and done via fiber, and it is a really interesting place. <laughs> Have you seen the PewDiePie? Um, fiber stuff and no. how you got into big trouble for that no so this is kind of relevant so PewDiePie um lost his youtube deal lost all of his sponsors because he did like anti-semite fiber projects jesus and but <laughs> the one that was like the most controversial is these like two dudes out of like africa they would like wear like tribal gear and like record videos of themselves saying things and PewDiePie got them to say, like, really offensive stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's, no. like, it's, like, really funny because he's not serious, you can tell. I mean, I thought he wasn't serious, but then other things have come into light where he is borderline anti-Semite <laughs> from time to time. Um, but what was really sad... You really shouldn't be laughing at that, by the way. What? No, I'm laughing at, at him, not the anti-Semite, <laughs> just to clarify. Uh, uh, what was really sad was... Fiverr shut down those two guys from Africa. Uh, and so then PewDiePie started this, like, feud with Fiverr. It was, it's really interesting. I'll have to share that that's, with you sometime. I mean, it's not their fault. No, and I think that he ultimately got them reinstated. He, like, I mean, he has, like, the most YouTube subscribers. I don't even know. I think, like, 20 million or something obscene. Jesus. And he literally, like, unleashed his army on Fiverr until they, like gave in so that poor little website right oh my gosh yeah i can't even imagine oh but it was but fiverr is a blast and there are some pretty interesting things you can do with it and now i'm really happy that we have our beautiful album art well next time i know uh next time if we need any kind of video work done i'll make sure i find those guys dancing i'll make sure (laughs) we do some work with them to support them support their cause yeah and ours we can make it pro somebody or whatever (laughs) (laughs) um so a couple of days ago, uh, it was ten years. There's a ten year anniversary of the iPhone, and yep. I just found out just a moment ago that you never owned the original iPhone. I did not. Why? I did not. It was um, it was actually just completely logistics. I was still on a Verizon contract, and it was AT and T only. And I, I literally, I was a week away from moving to San Diego when, when it happened. So it was just not the right time, and I. I I wanted to see how it panned out. It looked great. I wanted one, but I wasn't ready for it yet. So, so I uh, I worked for Apple at the time, and I was given a free one. So I, I was I was uh, hashtag blessed, and yeah. I I loved it. I was already on Singular at the time, and and I, well, no, it's probably AT and T at the time. It probably converted to Singular just shortly before that. Uh, I. I, I loved it. I I loved every single second of it, especially because it was free. And also, it was this magical thing that uh, I'll tell the story when I of the first time I saw it. Actually, um, so someone someone came into the room that I was in with others, and it was like a really kind of like an awkward thing. But he's like, "Hey, look at this like bulge in my pocket," and and <laughs> we're all like, "What the hell?" And we all knew the phone was coming out that we had some in the store, but I didn't actually see it because it was like you know under strict you know. Only people who needed to see the phone, you know, needed to see the phone, got to see the phone. Mm-hmm. So um, he pulled it out and showed showed us all the phone, and it was unreal to look at the glass and the display like that. As before, we we never saw colors like that on glass. Right. Uh, it was like a small TV. It was like a. It basically looked like the screen was like a sticker, uh, and it just how my mind my mind couldn't comprehend the fact that there was an actual live touchscreen right there that taking up the screen. I mean, it was just. I mean, we all take it for granted now because we have 
you know, a thousand cell phones, uh, and we all have had one forever. But the first time seeing it was just in, unreal. And also walking around with it when you had it, as from I think back then I used to still make phone calls. So I used to pull out and make a phone call. You would people would like stop me and be like, hey, what is that? What is that? Yeah, all the time. And it was it, it, crazy thing. I mean, it was groundbreaking. It still is, but the multi-touch on it alone, the way that it worked, like how well it worked compared to other multi-touch devices at that point. I remember that was my argument against Android for probably five years was that their multi-touch was always laggy and didn't respond. I think like the Galaxy S6 was the first time I was like, oh, wow, this thing's finally starting to respond. But the iPhone was like that from the first day. And Absolutely. I think that's really impressive. Do you know the the story, the origin, origin story of that uh, iPhone, like how it became a thing? No. Um, long story short, uh, basically somebody had, uh, wrist pain, uh, or, or wrist pain. So they wanted to create a, like a Mac interface for the, like, or sorry, an easier to type or some kind of interface to type on the Mac easier. Interesting. So they created this projection based Mac screen. Um, and then from there they, they got it smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And basically it was pushed off to the side and, it was something to do with like uh, you know, the Windows phone at the time or some kind of phone. Uh, Steve Jobs was like, you know, what? I'm really pissed. I don't, I don't want them to have like have this product or I, we want to have a better product. Mm-hmm. Or he was mad about something, and then he basically fired up this team who basically retired this old product. Uh, it's basically like a tablet at the time or like kind of a large box tablet, and they basically cranked it down smaller and smaller and smaller. They actually for the original operating system for the phone, they had it running on Macs. And then basically their challenge was to run on older and older and older Macs. Interesting. So they kept on taking the operating system and put on older generation, older generation, older generation to the point where, you know, this was 2007, but they're running this iOS software or at the time, you know, iPhone software on uh, like a 10 year old laptop or some right. shit like that. So from there, basically since the software is then efficient enough and smooth enough, then they, you know, got the hardware all straightened out. But the story of how it became a phone was, That's was, really it was cool. never a phone to begin with. Well, and I got to play with uh, First Gen this week for my job. We took some photos of it just for press or whatever. Yeah. And it is a beautiful design. It just, it like holding it in my hand, I'd forgotten. I've held it before, but I was just like, this thing just fits perfectly. Would you, would you, if you could get a First Gen iPhone with today's guts inside of it, would you want one? You know what? If they did like a special edition version, uh, and it had the Retina screen, yeah. and they had all the modern tech. Like basically, they replaced the 5s with right. the original form. Oh my gosh! I absolutely would. Yeah. Um, I love my 7 Plus, but that that throwback, I I wouldn't be able to resist. It just the back of that phone fit in your hands so well. It, it was it's, the smooth edges, it's, the it's rounded just edges. Molded. Yeah, it's it was molded really nice. for hands. It, it was just I had forgotten until holding it this week. Have you seen how much they go for on eBay? Like with everything? No, tell me. They're like twelve hundred bucks. How much? You got to have the box. Without the box, it's not worth jack squat. They're worth like sixty bucks. Did you see? uh, So on that same topic, someone on YouTube bought one of those, and it turned out to be a huge scam. He took the box to um, a place that does X rays, Uh and he put it through the machine. And oh, like a brand new one. Yeah, brand new one. Supposedly it was brand new sealed. He paid like a thousand dollars for it, and he put they put it through the machine. And they could tell based on previous X-rays of known, you know, good sure. uh, iPhones that were never touched, sure. that certain cables and things were backwards. Interesting. So it wasn't placed in the box perfectly. It was just basically saran wrapped. So it was a huge like ripoff. I and mean, I think he ended up getting his money back for it. But 
but what a brilliant idea to take this $1,000 purchase that you just thought was the original phone and put it through a machine. I think it was an actual iPhone in there. It just wasn't original. Real or functioning or original, yeah. I think the more brilliant thing here is that somebody has a business where they scan brand new products with x-rays. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like... That that's a business that somebody's well, making I, money off of. Well, I'm I don't think it's actually a business. They probably like know somebody who does security somewhere or some something like that. Yeah, but they had to know the way the cables were laying and stuff. Yeah, like, so it sounds like somebody was pretty educated to know that stuff. It, it's, it's crazy. It's pretty interesting. That um, is crazy. So on the same topic of uh, the the original iPhone, someone, um, which which reminded me of something. So uh, Joanna Stern of the Wall Street Trade Journal went tried to go for a week without. Uh, we're just using the original phone and like the software that's on there and that it supports. And she didn't last 12 hours. It was kind of an amazing story. And it kind of opened my eyes to, to a couple of things. Uh, she, you know, went in the app store and tried installing, you know, Snapchat and Facebook and all these things, <laughs> literally nothing works. And it's, it's so strange that, that, you know, this device is just no longer supported and it's just so abandoned. I mean, at this point, um, I think AT&T completely has closed their 2G network. So yeah. that phone won't even work on its original network Correct. anymore. It's Wi-Fi only. Uh, much. Yeah, it's Wi-Fi only. And I, I think T-Mobile will work if you could put a SIM in there. Um, yeah. But such a such a hacky thing. It's just such a shame that a product, like an iPod, if, like the original iPod, I believe, I'm sure you can still plug it in and sure. use it to this day. But that product is basically completely like a, like a brick at this point. Yeah, I mean, it'll work Wi-Fi, so you still have that. You could use it in that sense, like an like an iPod Touch, basically. Yeah, like I a mean, really sexy iPod Touch. I would I would just keep it for looks around. I mean, yeah. that's that's all I would do. I would yeah. put it on a shelf somewhere. Maybe yep. put it on the original dock that it came with, and just just put it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that same topic about all the software that didn't work, it kind of brought me back to uh, how there's a lot of. I mean, I'm sure this is more important to some people, but there's a lot of like games and apps that are like vintage throwback apps now that like they're just let's bring up an example i don't know if it was ever updated but like super monkey ball was like an app that right. we all thought was so cool on the original phone you basically had you know a little monkey instead of a ball and you tilted your phone and it moved the ball forward through the level and you kind of had to be careful around things um, and there's a bunch of random games in there that are at this point never going to run anymore ever right. again and yeah. you cannot run on a new phone period because uh, coming up with the next version of iOS, you cannot run 32-bit apps anymore. They just won't function at all. Right. So it's kind of crazy how there's a whole world of these apps that are just going to be pushed back and forgotten and never can be used again because it just the developers never updated the software or they never deemed it was like a worthy investment to do so. Uh, it just it just kind of reminds me of my childhood where there's like if you had like a, the Super Nintendo or like the, the and you had games on it that were exclusive to it, and they weren't, like I say, a popular game, but you know, they held a special place in your heart. So I never played sports games, but I played Madden a lot for uh, mm-hmm. for Super Nintendo. I don't know why. At the time, I was into That's sports. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, I played it a lot, and uh, I'll never be able to play that game again unless I found the game online, found a functional SNES, uh, SNES and... Or an and, emulator. And, yeah, an emulator. And which is it, always but, terrible. But yeah, the, ter- the emulators are always terrible, but it just kind of reminded me of... There's not a whole lot of games and apps on there that I would really miss, but... There's definitely it's definitely a bummer that we can never re-download or replay back these games on our modern devices because it just simply won't let us. Because right. we're, it just so it's like it's just kind of a, a sad. It is. It's it's crazy. I actually uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. I don't think they're going to update it to 64 bit, and I'm really upset about it. And I don't. They to prove to prove the point, they actually dr- discounted the price of it for the first time ever this week. 
which I think is such a crappy move by Square. Um, it's normally like I think it's like ten or fifteen dollars normally. It was like seven dollars this week. Yeah, so so it's six dollars, and it, it it has been updated since twenty thirteen at this point. Yeah, and they're, and they're totally they're totally instead of giving it away for free for a month or something, they're trying to squeeze every last dollar out of it. And my I I'm still hopeful that they'll turn it to sixty four bit, but I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm really mad about it because it's. It's a really good game. Yeah, it's a shame. Actually, the tactics games are one of my favorite games. Yeah, I we love talked them. about that. I have a bunch of tactics-like games on my phone. Um, not that I play them all the time, but I definitely enjoy them. It's just a fun format. Um, on the other side of things, it's really interesting when thinking about the 10-year anniversary of the iPhone and thinking about where we've come not only with hardware but with software. It's crazy to think about some of the apps that didn't exist in the first five years that I, I'm sure we both have apps that we couldn't live without that have only been around for a year or two. And when you, you think about it, you're like, man, it seems like we've had it forever. And really I've had it for six months, a year, whatever. So I've read a lot about this and people are judge, uh, comparing the launch of the original iPhone and, and basically the launch of the app store is just as monumental as the yeah. actual original iPhone itself. Yep. Because having a lockdown system that only let's say Apple could provide apps for no one would ever be happy with that. Um, especially, you know, cause the, the jailbreaking community who, who cracked the phones originally and kind of made their own app store before the app store was even a thing. Uh, that went really big. And I'm pretty sure that just showed them like, we better do this or else we'll never make like, it. It was a huge, I'm sure it's made plenty of money. It's made tons of jobs for people. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's not as booming anymore, but you know, it absolutely was over the last 10 years. I'm absolutely. sure it, there's no real, you know, business creation like there was the App Store. Yeah, the impact it's had on, on the U.S. economy and the global economy, there's no doubt. I mean, Apple as a whole, but just the iPhone specifically. I mean, and they talk about that. That's one of the biggest concerns of investing in Apple is that it's so iPhone heavy that if the iPhone died or dropped drastically overnight, Apple would tank because so much of their revenue is based off of this one device. Yeah. And Apple's trying to change that i mean with their investment in content their investment in the apple watch and just all the other things that they're kind of poking around with ar i think that i think that announcement and ar kit is a big step forward in diversification so it's interesting um i i just i can't believe it's been 10 years it's kind of crazy my first phone we didn't talk about this but my first phone was the 3g and i actually started at apple i was hired for the 3g launch but i didn't start to like three weeks after the 3g launch because i had a planned vacation so um and i've had every phone since except for the 6s the 6s is the only one i skipped yeah i think i've had every phone except the 6s and the 5c as the other. I, well yeah i don't count the fives in general i didn't have the five uh, the se either 5C uh yeah i never had the se or the 5c but i definitely had the five and the 5s yeah um and funny you mentioned the original phone so i already said that my original phone was was well, the original iPhone was the original iPhone. Right. Um, but actually, my original phone that Apple had something to do with, I actually owned the Rocker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and people crapped all over that phone. Um, at the time, I, I loved it because I was such a – such like a – such a fanboy at the time that I loved it. You could only sync 100 songs at a time and it was crazy slow. But – I actually really like the the physical format of it. I like the audio. I mean, it sounded decent. It was better than any other cell phone I used at the time, uh, and I was a big fan of it. It's fun to reminisce over old devices. Yeah. I had I had the Rio. 
Remember the Rio? That was like arguably the Is first MP3 player? MP3 player. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing them in stores and how they were really expensive. And I was like, no, thank you. I got one for free via Pepsi Points. Oh Do you remember God. Pepsi Points? No, I don't. But that doesn't surprise me Bottle that you caps. got one for free. Bottle caps. It was like seventh grade. Oh, man. It was terrible. It was like 100 songs to black and white screen. And it was just clunky. My first iPod was the uh, the one that came before the color. So it was like, I think mm. it was the fourth generation one. And it I was so bummed out because the one with color came out like a few weeks after I bought mine. I was so bummed because all I wanted was to put my photos in this little crappy screen. And I don't know why, but I wanted to. That's funny. Um, but I love that device. I bought a, like a hard metal case for it. Yeah. Like years later, that thing still doesn't have any scratches on the back of it. It's like pristine condition. That's funny. Uh, that's where we. That's where our origins in technology are really different is because you – you had Apple products your whole life, right? Like when did you have no, your first one? No, no. I, I actually bought – my first one was um, – I, I built a PC and I traded it for a Mac. And that was in um, I think 2004 or mm. early 2005. And I started working Still for Apple. Still way later than me. Yeah, I started or working for – oh, I started working for Apple in um, late 2005. So I had my first Mac then – well, at least my new, first modern one. I actually bought a really, really old one from like 2001. And it could only go up to like ten point two point eight, and <laughs> and uh, at the time that was like decent. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I like I took it apart. I like, hacked together a bunch of random things. I, I made it work, and I loved it. And at the time uh, when that was out, the iMac G four is out, mm-hmm. and I spent so much time on the Apple's website just looking at the G four things, thinking, I want you so bad. Did you ever get one? No, I never got one. And uh, when I worked for Apple, they had one in the um, in like the the upgrade room that we had available, where basically. Everyone had music on there, and it was fantastic, and everyone used it for music. It was great. <laughs> um, but I – I man, I, at some point, if I ever had like a, a man cave or I have enough room and whatever, I would love to have one just to have one. Yeah. No, there's a lot of Apple Even if it doesn't function, like to... it's just such a beautiful product that I would just want to just be there. Mine's the uh, the lampshade iMac. I would love to have one just That's for the display. iMac G4. That's my favorite. That's my favorite iMac. That's the iMac G4. It's the same one. That um, The ad for that where the guy like sticks his tongue out, Yeah. It's... that ad is what made me decide to go into my field. Like straight really? up, that's absolutely what the, – the way that they were able to um, – um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Animate an inanimate object. Yep, was unbelievable. Yeah, the, the personality they gave the iMac in that ad was. I just I love that ad. It's my favorite ad. Yeah, I, I, every time I see that ad today, I still smile. Like yeah. you, just, you just can't help it. Have you seen the dude that makes lamps out of them? No, it's really sick. He's in like Kansas or something like that. They're only like I want to say like 150 bucks, and he does a really good job of them. He also makes a, like a clock out of the CD drive, um, um, that little bezel. Yeah, and he does a. Uh, want to say he makes aquariums too but everybody does that but the lampshades he does a really good job on lampshades um my first apple product wasn't till 2006 and it was an ipod classic color okay so at the time those were just called ipod video i believe yeah i think so Yeah. yeah um I bought it for way too much money at the campus bookstore in Ohio yeah I my first mac didn't come for two more years 2000 and oh maybe maybe not actually Maybe 2007, maybe like a year later. And it was a MacBook Pro shipped with Tiger. Wow, so you never even had a PowerPC product nope, from Apple? never owned a PowerPC, not wow. once. Well. So that's what, like, I came way later into Apple, um, and I fell in love immediately, though. I mean, I was, built my first PC in eighth grade and loved PCs forever because of all the crap you can do with them. But 
once I tasted an, an Apple operating system, I was done, man. I yeah, you can't go back from that. No, it's it, everything else is terrible. Anyways, that's a lot of reminiscing. So uh, I mentioned the SNES earlier, the, the games, but they just came out with the, the SNES Classic. I saw. So, so I saw. SNES stands for uh, you know Super Nintendo uh, Entertainment System. Yeah. And uh, basically, that was my first console growing up. Yeah. And I all the games they listed on there, I want so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch on there I never played, so I'm kind of excited to play those. But are you going to buy one? Absolutely. When the time comes, I'm going to buy it. It's limited. It's basically essentially a limited edition because they're only going to sell it for this year probably, and then that's it. But why not just buy a Raspberry Pi and make your own? Because something is different about. I just don't like emulators. I've never been a fan of emulators. I'm just not. I mean, into you can it. make a Raspberry Pi that like doesn't look like an emulator, though. I don't care. So I don't care. I want the original thing. I don't want. I don't but want. It's to be, not the original. Thing. I don't. It's no. I want it like as original as it can be. I still have my Super Nintendo in a bag with all my games. Like I still have all of it. So just set that up. That's going to be more original. I, I'm a huge hater to this classic console BS that Nintendo's been pumping out. I, I don't get it. It's a ripoff. You can buy a way better system with every. Con- Literally, you could buy a Raspberry Pi and put every console on it from the PlayStation Two older. So Coleco to PlayStation Two, like my, do everything. My problem with all that, all, the, all those, is just the reliability. I don't, sure. I don't want to mess with it. I've, I've done emulators before. I bought controllers before. I like tried to make a serious machine before, and this was years ago. But I just hate dealing with save files and what to do with them Agreed. and moving them around. I don't want to do that ever. I have tons of ROMs downloaded somewhere of all the games I owned previously, but I, I don't want to do that. I just want a system that's all in one. But you it press the power has button like and it has that. Games on it. That's 16, fine, but it has 16. the games I want. At least, at least a lot of them that I want. I and I'm to, totally I need to look okay at with this that. game list because I don't think it's, it has like half the games I would want on it. Yeah, I, but, I just don't. I think, I think Nintendo could be doing way cooler things than this, and I don't port the things to iPhone like Sega's doing right now. Like I would pay five bucks for pretty much every Nintendo game, every classic cult classic Nintendo game. I would pay like five dollars a game have them all on my phone i don't know why they won't do that yeah but that hurts their their virtual console line for their actual machines so if everyone has it on their phone no one's gonna buy it for the virtual consoles on their, on their actual what's the systems. difference if they make the money they'll sell way more on it's a much larger distribution network to go with iphone and android stores i agree i just think that they have to ease into it that they do all at once it's going to be something where it's they can never go back from it on the flip side i think sega's screwing up royally by giving them away yeah, I, I don't. Thing is, I was never a Sega person, so I have zero yeah. connections to their games. And and even though it's like a like a, it's like a free app to download and try, and you get a couple games for free, I believe, uh-uh. or not at all. They're all free. Oh. I have all of them. Okay, basically I, they have an ad based version or a non ad based version. So this this just shows how I'm not at all interested in Sega games yeah, because I don't care about their games at all. Like Sonic. I know there's probably people out there who love Sonic. I don't care about Sonic. I've never been a big Sonic fan. I was a big Sega user. I had a Sega Genesis. I loved the Sega Genesis. Of the four games that have come out so far, uh, the only one I was really familiar with, well, I was familiar with Fantasy Star, but I wasn't really into that. Um, Comic Zone, which is like the hardest freaking game ever because you don't get lives. Like you literally, when you die, the game's over. It's like crazy. Um... But uh, I don't understand why they're just giving it away. Like, even the ad-based version, uh, you can just turn on airplane mode and there's no more ads. It doesn't, oh, it doesn't, like, it doesn't have, like, an always-on requirement or anything like that. Always on, always connected or whatever. Yeah, Nintendo's usually smarter about that. 
Yeah, I I don't know what... I guess the thing I'm trying to get to is I don't know what Sega's play is in this. Like, they done the, they have a premium version. Let me see how much they are. I don't know how much they are. I mean, they only have so many decent IPs, and they're just... They're squeezing the life out yeah. of them. I mean, they haven't made... As far as I know, a successful, good Sonic game in forever. No, no, but they they've done some other stuff, you know, like create like everybody thinks of Sonic, but there's oh I can't even look. Mike everybody is uh, of, currently playing a game on his phone. No, just I'm, so everyone knows. I'm trying to see how much it costs to to go with the pro version with no ads. Do you care about ads? Do you pay for the pro version of apps? So it depends. Um, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, I, I absolutely do pay for apps and I have zero problem with it. Sure. Um, but the first thing that comes to mind is my uh, Reddit app. I use a Narwhal, which is by far the yeah. best Reddit app, period. Uh, it's beautiful and great developers, all the above. Um, also not sponsored by Narwhal. Um, but it, it basically, it costs $3 to get rid of the ad. And for me, the frequency I use it, I didn't want to see ads when I use something so far. I, like it's such a clean app, the ads just hurt it. Um, so I just pay three bucks on, so ads, the in-app purchases you can't use, uh, for family purchases. So on my fiance's phone, I downloaded it and I just paid $3 on there too. You paid for it twice. I paid for it twice. And that's just to show how much I love that app. And also to prove the point that if there's ads on something that I really don't want, I don't want it there. So Mike's looking at it right now and there's a little ad that pops at the very bottom. It's not that big. I just don't like it and I don't want it there. See, I'm the complete – Peter and I are very different in this. I am so like if it's free, advertise to me all you want. I don't care at all. As long as I don't have to pay for it, I will use it so much more. I I don't like to pay for things. I'd rather rather be the product because have you ever heard that saying? Yeah. If it's free, you're the product. That's what they that's what they claim. Um, and most of the time I'm totally down for that. I, I, uh, I don't mind the ads at all. So I do not pay for Narwhal. There's ads all over it. It is still a great app, but I don't use it as much as you. I'm not as big a Reddit user as you are. I'm not a huge Reddit user, but I do use it from time to time. Um, another app that comes to mind is, uh, Overcast. Overcast is a podcast app that I use. And, uh, it's currently subscription based, meaning that if you want the professional pro features, uh, you pay like yearly, monthly, whatever it is for it. But basically before it was subscription based, it was just a one at one time in-app purchase of let's just say four or five dollars. And you basically get all the pro features. Wait, so you paid five dollars for that and then they changed it? No. So you, I still get all the same. Ex- I get all the pro features that all the subscription people uh-huh. get. I just happen to not pay monthly. Oh, you for got it. locked in and yeah. had an old style. That's cool. I yeah. thought you were going to say that you paid five bucks and then they decided to go. With no, the uh, Marco Arman is the developer for that app and he's actually, I mean, as far as I can tell, a really good guy. And he, he does a, he's really a, kind of a big figure in the tech writing world. Um, I, I love that app. And I wouldn't pay a subscription for it mm-hmm. as I prefer uh, things to be one and done. That's the reason why I don't you know just subscribe to Adobe software because I don't want to pay monthly for that garbage. Um, but uh, speaking of paying, did you see the, uh, the uh, Square Cash – debit card thing yeah you you mentioned this week that you got one so tell me tell so, me your thoughts because i don't quite get it so i haven't received the card yet oh, okay. um, but i got the invitation i believe it's actually i got it just before it was open to everyone yeah uh and basically it's actually a really cool process so you go through and you put in your address and you put in your first name last name and it has a, basically a screen on it the very last one where you can draw something Oh, interesting. And you can put your um, Twitter handle. You can put uh, your Square Cash tag. You can put 
and it comes printed. You can on put, the yeah, because it etches on there. I saw people examples where they put like uh, draw little dinosaurs on there. Um, I was really like, I'm like, man, I should get my iPad, a pencil out, and just draw something on there. But <laughs> I you know I just kind of just wrote my name pretty crappy. Uh, when really, you that's the hand- best you can do. Yeah, I put my I put my Twitter handle. I was you like, could have put fine. like poop or. Yeah, I didn't decide to put poop. So thanks for the suggestion. That would have really been useful. That would have been a good one. Uh, you could have made this card like a conversation starter. But it, it's kind of cool because it shows up in Apple Pay like that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like that. I, I mean, like that. I don't think I'll ever use the card. No, to be not honest. at all. Um, because I don't use Square Cash really, but I'm what sure there's people Venmo? who use. I use, I use Venmo. And more and more lately, we're using um, uh, Chase Quick Pay. Yeah. Uh, just because typically I just use it between uh, my fiance and I back and forth, and we both have Chase, so there's no point of uh, using another service where we then have to press a button to make it transfer to the account. We just have it go straight through. Have you ever had Square? Um, yell at you and tell you you're a business and you need to pay? Never. Oh, but... I... Because I... <laughs> Deborah, Deborah transfers her money to me via Square Cash every two weeks. Yeah. And then we pay off our debt and stuff. And uh, they, they like, flagged me, like, two months in. They're like, you're a business. You need to pay the business fees. And I had to go through, like, this whole process to get them to leave me alone. And they finally did because I was like, look, you can look at this. We just use this as a way to move our money between accounts. And I think I think what happened was I moved out like a huge amount of money from one of my accounts to a different account to pay stuff. But uh, uh, I thought that was so interesting that they like were watching my purchases and called me out on it. But it's not like you're transferring through credit cards. I mean, you're transferring no, just no. through debit, and that should be. They took it as um, that I was receiving payments for a business. Oh, weird. Yeah. But would they see that it's the one same person I recurring know, I know, every time? I don't quite get it. I think because I had like a decent amount come into my account at one point. Like, I think my mom paid me for something we share. I, my parents are on my cell phone bill and all sorts of weird stuff happened. And they just like tried to crack, crack down on me. And I was like, Whoa, 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 this isn't it for a business. Not at all. So, I mean, they're dead. They're both companies are dead in two months. Anyways, when iOS 11 comes out with the, it's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people still use Venmos because it's the thing. Yeah. But I think at some point, because Apple's tying it into messages, it's going to be – they're going to see a, a dramatic war. drop. It's going to be a war, man. Absolutely. Uh, also, I think that it's interesting, this square debit. That's really cool, the, the like drawing thing because PayPal already has a card like this. Like they already have – PayPal has a, a debit card. They have a credit card that ties into your PayPal balance for the same concept. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, that's what Square's card does is that if you have a balance in your Square Cash app, you can actually use that balance direct from the debit card rather than just um, uh, transferring the money to your account. Um, also, I think it's important to note that you could already do that with Apple Pay prior. A lot of people didn't realize that, that you could use Square Cash as an Apple Pay card where Apple Pay was um, already accepted. Um but PayPal had this too, so it's not really a new feature. It's just new to Square. But I like that they did the custom credit cards. That's pretty cool because PayPal's looks like a crappy Visa credit card. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, it's it's weird to see that all these people are, are creating debit cards to see if people use it more in real right. life. I, I just, I mean, I'm not going to start. I mean, we've had the conversation conversation about credit cards before. I'm definitely not going to stop using my credit card. Yeah. And I'm not going to pick up some debit card or use it just because it has my name on it. Um, it might be like I'm a cool card to keep around. Like I keep my uh, 
uh, my Disney credit card and my Disney of debit card on me. Do. So I almost got the Marvel credit card, so I can't tease you too much. I almost did the Marvel one just because it's got Marvel on it. It's uh, so I mean, the, the Disney one has no annual fee, and basically, it was like spend five hundred or a thousand dollars, and you get uh, two hundred dollars worth of Disney credit, which is worth it for you because you'll spend two hundred dollars at Disney. Regardless. Yeah. So I mean, we, we've used that money towards I think a, a pass or something like that. So right. so it's totally worth it. But now I have a, a pretty awesome card with C three PO and R two D two on it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Plus, you know, if we, every time we go to Disneyland, we get into the special photo spots. Wait, what? There's a, you know, uh, there's a, so Disneyland, you can get like photos taken with like Darth Vader and Chewbacca, but to get a photo with, let's just say, for example, Kylo Ren, you need the Disney uh, credit, card. credit card. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, That's brilliant. I mean, considering that a lot of places like Costco or Walmart would say like, Free soda, for two liter soda, if you sign up for a credit card. Right. I mean, with like stupid, really stupid incentives, but that card, you know, at the time gave me two hundred dollars credit, and also, you know, photos access to photo spots no one else gets. So, I mean, it's it's kind of cool. That's fun. Um, and you know, I'm a nerd like that, so I like seeing the little credit card uh, show up in my Apple Pay. Yeah, I'm, you are a nerd. What uh, what credit? Just a little bit off topic, but I'm curious. What credit cards are you guys focused on right now for points? Um, you know, we're not actually really doing anything really. Calm down a little bit. Yeah, we've definitely calmed down. Um, that Chase five twenty four rule kills it. Yeah, it definitely kills it. Uh, we're we're probably we won't be able to do Chase card for a long time. Still. <laughs> but um, you know, mostly I use we use all of our Chase cards still either Freedom right. or Sapphire. We right. actually um, you, did you guys get the Sapphire reserved? No, because oh. we're over five twenty four. You want to touch mine? You want to see it? No, but you can hold uh, my Amex Platinum and you Ouch. can feel how double how heavy it is it's probably I, double the weight because i have a sapphire and it sapphire and the reserve are basically the same yeah, yeah. and the amex platinum is a heavy card do you like the amex platinum are it's you happy with it so incredible i'm just waiting for them to do another uh like super extreme sign up bonus again I'm, yeah i'm gonna wait for it the centurion lounges are you said incredible you said they're just amazing yeah they're they're basically like uh Every time we go, it's usually like the best food I've eaten in months. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's so good. I only have one Amex. I have the SPG, yeah, and and it's a good card. It's I mean I haven't actually used the points. We like our points are just piling up on that card, but we're done with it now. So it's like well, I won't probably use it because the Sapphire is so much better for points. We we had the well I personally had the SPG. We used it for uh, the Swan and Dolphin in, in Disney, Disney mm-hmm. World, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, so I we mean, had a we're gonna use the points stay. for something good. I don't know what yet, but. Uh, yeah, the Sapphire Reserve, you have the preferred, so you get two points on the dollar for every, like, dining? Yeah, I believe so, for two points, yeah. So the, the Reserved gets three points on the dollar. So, like, when you, when you, like, eat out, like, I was just on a work trip, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's such a better payout for some reason. It is, but, um, really, when, when we do credit cards, we're always focused on the actual bonuses, the time bonuses, and really... The well, everything else is just just like scratch compared to it. Yeah, it kills, uh, it kills me that Deborah couldn't get in on the Sapphire Reserve before they killed the sign up bonus because that was a hundred thousand points. Yeah, and and it may never go back to it, or it may it's, go up to I it, doubt it once a year. I yeah. mean, we won't know, and for a long time, I know. So it's I'm sure that cost them a lot of money to be able to it, put that card. It on there. had to, like, it was so many points. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe how many points they gave for that. So, um, we should do a credit card segment sometime oh this is so me. i just handed mike my uh my amex platinum and i'm writing down the numbers he is here here's my Dang, sapphire that is nice it's it's a so it's just one of those things like you feel like 
the 1% when you hand this credit card. What's the annual fee on it? Uh, I want to say, don't quote me, it's either 350 or 450 but I want to say it's 450 So it's like the Sapphire Reserved. Um, you get fifteen dollars a, a month credits, for yeah. for Uber. Um, we usually use it for Uber Eats or just random Ubers. Um, but it's it's a it's a really nice card. You get that special concierge service every time you need to call them, like over the phone. You get immediate help, and you get no, really good really help nice. too. It feels really nice. But every time you hold this card, and I get uh, people commenting all the time when I when I hand it to them, they're like, "Oh my god, what is this?" And it's right. basically like I don't. I think it's the step below the black card. It is a step below the black. Yeah, the and black is nuts. Uh, I never expected in my whole life I'd have a card this nice. So it's funny, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a frame. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to put like, I made it or something like that at the bottom. (laughs) I'm just going to frame the platinum card dead center. Do you know what it takes to get the black card? I don't know. You have to spend $100,000 annually on your card. Yeah, that's insane. That's like one of the requirements to get that card. It's absurd. So crazy. Annually. Uh, I mean, that's so like a business. We talked about... um, hotels a little bit but mm-hmm. uh to segue uh do you want to talk about the airbnb yeah we can talk about that speaking of the rich and the black card because that's what it's going to require yeah airbnb is uh what's it called uh, it's called like lux like airbnb lux okay and it's for luxury and premium tier airbnbs okay um and I don't get it. I don't get why they're doing it so I read a couple weeks ago that they were they're working on a um more hotel-based experience, and I think these are separate. I'm not 100%. I haven't found an article that compares them, but basically a couple weeks ago they announced they're going to start doing um, some like higher-end, not higher-end, higher-quality postings that are targeting baby boomers because they're having trouble getting baby boomers to let go of hotels and use Airbnb. Okay. They own the millennial market, but they can't seem to convince baby boomers that it's worth it to do Airbnb. So what they're going to do is they're going to have like a towel exchange system like like they're gonna like they're gonna work with some properties that like to be in this list in in our hotel category or whatever you have to change out the sheets every day you have to and they'd like offer like more of a hotel experience within people's homes oh i see so not not just like you change the seats before someone comes in to stay there like a new person you mean like every single day yeah like almost like a maid service wow type of a thing so and and don't quote me on this completely because I read that one a couple weeks ago and I read it very quickly. But so the new one is called Airbnb, I believe, Lux, and it's essentially targeting the super rich. Okay. But they're targeting it in a really weird way. We're talking like thirty five hundred to seventy five hundred dollar a night. Wow. Locations. So what they're doing to promote this, and this is what doesn't make sense to me, is they're gifting night stays to celebrities like uh, Kylie Jenner, uh, Beyonce, and then hoping that they'll post on their Instagram photos of it. The problem with this logic is what fan of Beyonce is going to spend $5,500 on an Airbnb for the night? Like most of them are super poor or, or not even poor, but just not normal the people. 1%. They're yeah. normal people. Yeah. Like, like would you ever, can you think of a single for your wedding? Would you, for a honeymoon, would you spend $3,500 a night at a place? If I'm like, hey, Robert Downey Jr. slept here last night, no. would I stay there? No, no I wouldn't. And like, I love Robert Downey Jr. Like uh, 3500 a night is just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, at least for the, the normal people, there are always – the reason why these things exist is because there's a market for it. Sure. And I think it's probably so extremely niche, but they're just probably trying to touch on every single market. Yeah. Make sure no one comes up and snatches it. I mean it's highly profitable for sure. And what they're doing is um, for these locations, they're like 
they send somebody out to inspect it to make sure that it's up to like their standards for these like they're trying to put like a stamp of approval on it the only advantage i can see is actually in the celebrity market i'm sure that the celebrity world uh struggles with finding hotels where they don't get harassed I'm sure, like, privacy is a little bit of a trick. That's actually a really good point. So I, I imagine that that's, like, the biggest benefit is they can book it through an Airbnb. They could even, like... A fake name. Fake name and fake identification or something to completely hide the fact that they're staying there. Um, so, like, when so-and-so wants to go away with their new boyfriend, it's not on tabloids the next Woo! day type of a thing. Right. So it's, like, I, I see that benefit. I just don't know if it's going to be that... I just feel like there's probably bigger things that Airbnb should be focused on right now. It's not like they've made it. They're not Hilton yet. You know what I mean? So no. it's like, but they bought a company. I can't remember the name of it, but they bought a company that specialized in luxury um, hotels, basically. Hmm. Uh, and that the, the, a lot of people are saying that this is like the outcome of that acquisition. So it's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure there's a market for it. Obviously, cause they're doing it, but... I mean, my head is just to prevent anyone else from snatching it up. They're like, okay, let's just cover the entire market, bomb the top, so. and make sure that we own it all. I guess so. And it's a way to compete with hotels, which is their ultimate goal. And they, you know, they're they're dealing with so much like um, courtroom stuff and battles with these hotels and lobbying and all that crap. Not lobbying as in hotel lobbies, but legal yeah, yeah, lobbying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Do you use Airbnb a lot? Uh, a lot. I, I think that the most, the biggest miss that Airbnb has still not quite figured out how to advertise is how valuable it is to stay with a local. Yes. Um, for our, when we typically don't even, there's very few. Like we, uh, there's a guy we stay with. His name is Tom in Portland. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. You, I know. When I went to Portland, you like raved about him, but he was booked. Um, so we, we love, love Tom. Tom, and and he's like the one person. I think there's a few others. Um, like. The stay we had in Hawaii was amazing with, with this lady. Um, she was great. Um, and a couple other cool, but there's only a few that stand out. And typically, we're in and out. We're, we're in late. We're right. out early. Um, and the thing is, when they can, a lot of times we look at it like, okay, do we want a hotel for $5 more where we can pop in, not have to care, not have to really you know, clean up properly or not, you know. Yep. Um, you can jump on the bed and scream if we want. Or, yep. you know, not like we're 12, but we could be. Um it just for the price difference sometimes it's just it's not worth it. Yeah, I I typically Deborah and I typically stick to Airbnbs in the states, outside of the states like in in Bali we did not we did one Airbnb but it was actually a hotel that advertised on Airbnb and it was horrible. Um I've not had great experience um outside the states with Airbnb. We've actually done a lot of Airbnb outside the states. Um we've had amazing ones, we've had uh, horrible ones. Um <laughs> It's just such a gamble. Yeah, it is a gamble cuz sometimes the pictures don't really portray and also the reviews sometimes are are totally just seems cute or something. Right. Um I don't know if it's not not to go too far off topic, but uh we actually really really hate TripAdvisor. Yeah. Uh, because Agreed. I don't know the type of human that posts a TripAdvisor, but they're the type of people who love everything. Yeah. I walked three minutes down this road. I saw a dumpster, five stars. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy yeah. I, uh, how things get on there. I don't get it either. Like, 
how many restaurants have you gone to that TripAdvisor said are amazing and they're like a whole? So they're Yelp, like literally Yelp is just not a thing in other countries. It's huge in the United States. I, I didn't know that until I traveled. Yeah. Um, but TripAdvisor is like where you look and it's just kind of like a... It, it's wrong every time. It's it's consistently awful. It's awful. It's really bad. I mean, we kind of just have to look online like review sites or blogs or something like that for food. Yep. Just a TripAdvisor is not useful. Especially for food. Specifically like food on TripAdvisor. People's expectations of food are terrible. So basically we use TripAdvisor to basically write down a list of the top things that people go to yeah. and, and kind of compare it to other sites that are out there. But that's yeah. all we use it for usually. Same. It's just such a terrible experience. Yeah. Um, but back on topic, uh, we, stayed at, we stayed in like a, a couple – horrible places in japan or at least one that really yeah. stands out where i had to sleep underneath an air conditioning unit i mean because it was so hot that thing like leaked all night i woke up in the middle of the <laughs> night and like i was like half covered with this like condensation water oh. um and it was like everything was all wet i was like i'm not into this um and another one it was actually in san francisco there's another airbnb story um i'll tell the story as fast as possible You're but fine. basically we we stayed at this place we walked in this is in the tenderloin in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And which is a bad choice. Which is supposedly a bad choice. I yeah, it's a sketchier part of town, but I'm not a certain individual who like is afraid of things. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, whatever, I'll just deal with it. And my fiance on the other hand is like scared of scared of it completely. Um <laughs> I mean as you probably should be, but I'm just not. Um and we go in there and we're like, what the hell is going on? So somebody who isn't the actual Airbnb host let us in. And kind of give us a little tour. Um, you walk in and there are plastic clear containers of white powder everywhere. What? So so the reason why this other person is there to like show us their place. Because they're like, oh, so I'm here to explain what these things are. Because people have come in here and freaked out when they saw it. Now, we didn't like put a pinky nail in it and like taste it uh-huh. or like snort it, rub it on my teeth, whatever those people do when they do drugs. I don't know how drugs work. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, they, uh, they basically, it was just so awkward because it's not just like Wait, one so container. What did they say it, was it was like, it was like 12 containers. Did they say it was like tied? No, no oh, <laughs> I wish it was tied. This was like a workout protein mix startup. Or some shit like that. Except okay. they were all white powder. And I'm like, I don't know how this stuff works. And also... It, so they're saying it was like a Soylent startup. Or something. Some kind of like workout powder stuff. <laughs> and it wasn't like sanitary at all. Because none of them had like lids. lids. And I was like, why is this all open facing if it's not supposed to be? And it's just like... They were like in the containers you'd get like, you know, Target. Like the yeah, clear plastic yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like I'd rather see them put in colored ones. That you couldn't see through. Right. And put lids on them and stack them in the corner. You wouldn't have to have somebody come in and say, And explain what the, it. It's all this cocaine in, in containers. Um, <laughs> so then she sat down on the couch, um, which, which. The host or. The yeah. host. So the host sat down on the couch. Okay. And uh, she sat down and she's like, okay, that's your room. And then we, we kind of walk in the room, but there's like maybe six to eight inches of, of actual walking room in there. There's a, so it's like five, four feet. Of so four feet long, but only like six or eight inches wide. So pretty much, I could barely stand with my my like you know ten inch shoe or whatever uh, straight in that little walking space. I had to walk sideways. So we sat down on the bed that was open the door, and she was looking directly at us. And we're like, oh, this is so awkward. So we kind of just like shut the door, and she kind of just like watched us shut the door. It was like really really uncomfortable. <laughs> 
And that place was so disgusting. Was this a shared? She was there too? Or no. Did you have the she left after a while. And there's, she's like, oh, by the way, if, if the door locks, there's another guy sleeping in the other room, which we never met or saw. Um, I guess he was another Airbnb host. And he was not uh, English speaking. Okay. And uh, we, he basically uh, locked us out of our Airbnb later on when we came back. And we had the bang on the door. And like he, he like unlocked the door and like kind of slinked back into his room uh, <laughs> because he wasn't supposed to lock it. He was supposed to just leave it unlocked because, you know, people were coming in. We didn't right. have a key. <laughs> so it was just like you do get stories like this and we like this story and we like staying there only for the story, but mm-hmm. we would have never gone there otherwise. Yeah. Um, because it's just, it was a nightmare. See, I've never had the hotel in, in Bali was really bad. Like really bad. Like the whole room smelled like cat pee. That's it was bad. Really bad. Um, and they kept trying to sell me things. Every time I'd ask them a question and be like, no, but you can buy this. Like they have a like, cat pee deodorizer. No. Where I would have bought it. Um, <laughs> They're obviously on the, the wrong products. But I, back on to like what we were kind of originally talking about is there's times where Airbnb is useful for getting like locals insight. Like Puerto Rico, we stayed Airbnbs for the entire trip in Puerto Rico when we got engaged. And it was so valuable. One of our, one of our hosts was like super sweet and gave us like a, a Puerto Rico mug. Like when we showed up, he had like a gift for us. Nice. Yeah, it was really cool. Um and just finding out all the information we got from the locals that you would have never gotten because TripAdvisor is the king of Puerto Rico as well, and it's just horrible. Yeah. Um, we did have – the only time we've ever rented a room instead of a whole place, and I'll never do it again, even though this guy was cool. Um, the dude was really nice, but he had <laughs> – he had just gone fishing with, like, uh, spear guns, and he literally had pulled all the shelves out of his fridge and had a five-gallon bucket in the fridge with fish. And I was just like, oh man, I was like, thank God we are literally just crashing here tonight. Like the, the whole goal of that place was to, to crash there and not, not stay. But he was really nice, but it was really strange that he had like, like giant fish in, in a bucket in his fridge and so, nothing else. So they kind of remind me of a story. We're in Ireland and we're like looking for this place and we're like, we had struggled finding it. And then we eventually found the place, and the guy just didn't show up forever. Like he showed, he just told us where the key was. He didn't show mm-hmm. up forever, and um, we got in and got comfortable. And then he eventually showed up, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, my motorcycle ran out of out of gas, and I had to push it like 800 meters, something like that." And blah blah blah. But in the whole, like, he smelled like gasoline so bad, and I. I think I might have just shook his hand one time and like that gas smell stayed with me like all night. <laughs> and it's just like little things that you wouldn't ever have to deal with if you were just checked into a hotel. hotel. Right, yep. And you paid ten dollars more. Yep. Uh it's just Yeah, when it's close in cost, I won't do it. But if I can't find something cheap via hotel, that's when I start looking at Airbnb. Yeah, in most places. When the difference is is ten dollars, we always jump yeah, on the on a hotel. Absolutely. Um but man, it's just Also, do you clean your Airbnb? When you leave? We leave it mostly like where we found it. Deborah drives me crazy. She will clean it. And I'm like, dude, don't be a slob, but you don't need to like take, she'll take the trash out and stuff like that. And I'm like, what are you doing? So that drives me nuts. And that makes me want to go to a hotel more too, just because I don't want to see her clean on our vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I, we actually don't, we don't bother that. We usually like dump all of our trash that we somehow uh, acquired and just dump it in the trash can and just leave it there. Yeah, exactly. Like she will totally like 
wipe stuff down. Um, and she's not a like a clean freak by any means, so it's really funny. But she gets into she's well, like, well, we don't want to leave it. I think it's, it's someone's, because it's, it's someone's, someone's house. house. Yeah, I think exactly. That's why. It's not. It's totally different if you're staying in a hotel because you right. grew up disrespecting hotels. Yeah, it's like a exactly, rental car. Exactly. Like if you borrow someone else's car, like if you're in an Uber, you respect their car. I guess so, if you yeah. rent the car, you're like, yeah. I'm doing donuts in the parking lot on the way out. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. like that's I'm doing right. the first time I see a dirt lot, I'm going nuts. Um, but yeah, that's let's go ahead and uh, let's call it a week. And I think uh, this was fun. It was yeah, nice seeing your good. face. It was good to to gaze into your big beautiful eyes. And now I'm gonna go ahead and play the outro for our podcast. Oh God! Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>